0: Hey, y'all, you ever heard of an amazing young woman by the name of Zinzi Smith? Well, I have, and her and I had just an amazing conversation on Beyonce's Internet. I will have you know that 20 year old Zinzi Smith has her own black woman owned business for an entire year now teaching spin classes. And let me tell you, she's enthusiastic. She wants the world to know that she's ready to help you shed them pounds from Thanksgiving and Christmas and help you keep up with that New Year's resolution that all of us middle-aged people like to make while we're still making them. So I, for one, am going to try and take one of her classes, just $15 for an online class with Zinzi Smith. She also teaches in person in studios in Brooklyn and in Queens and NYC. And all around, I got to tell you, I am just in awe of her. So you can reach out to her on Spin With Zin. That's Spin With Z-I-N on TikTok and on Instagram. And let her know that you heard it here on Black Fluid Poets Podcast. And you're trying to shed them pounds and keep up that New Year's resolution. You feel me? So give her a shout out. Let me know how it went. y'all so check it check it check it check it out i just came across a new clothing line that is amazing it is jupiter's art this is a clothing line for non-binary people right so the clothes are genderless and uh they are also sustainable um there's carbon offset and they don't add anything negative to the environment. And they're also um, an ethical company with fair pay for their employees. And they welcome uh, anyone in the spectrum of LGBT and race. It is owned by people of color and they deserve your attention. You can find Jupiter's art on Instagram, on TikTok, and you can search for them on Google and find the website. It is amazing check it check it check it out wait till you see this jacket oh my god it it is amazing y'all you gotta peep it jupiter's art check it hey y'all have you ever heard of old gods of appalachia Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast. And it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um, I'm I'm like, I'm enthralled. I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they-them's, they-them's, they just, this thing is so diverse, man, and and it's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all gotta check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Uh... What's going on, it's your friend, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, reaching out to you from my humble abode of books during this pandemic paradise. This quarantine still ain't cute, (sighs) y'all. I have been in Albuquerque, New Mexico, since March 6th, and I have worked six weeks. That's it, just six weeks. Child, the only way I've been getting by is by being creative. You know, I started the Patreon, Black Fluid Poet. Patreon.com slash Black Fluid Poet. And I started this podcast, which by the way, you can sponsor me for just 99 cents a month. Did you know that? Come on over here to anchor.fm and let these people know that you want to keep me around. Because I could use some ad Add time. Um, My loneliness has gotten better. I've grown accustomed to just simply being home. I had to go out in the wild today. And by the wild, I mean to say Walmart. That was frightening. I hadn't seen people in about a month. So it was, um, I don't know, I felt nervous. There's some things that I've noticed about myself um you know they've done studies on solitary confinement and that's why it's been up for debate whether or not solitary confinement is cruel and unusual punishment and I believe it is so I have been quarantined with the exception of six weeks I have been quarantined about eight months altogether 10 months total but like I said I was working for a little bit but about eight months of the last year I have been home, alone, and I have noticed that I'm very uncomfortable in the middle of a room. And I remember learning that if you leave animals in, you know, in a tank by themselves or a cage by themselves, they lean against the cage. They don't really stay in the middle of the cage because you just have to feel something against your body, you know. Guys in solitary confinement too long, they walk the wall, you know. And um, I've noticed that I've been doing a little bit of that. So I've been conscious of it and um, trying to do a little bit in the middle of the room, you know. <laughs> but being around people at Walmart, I I was... I wanted so... I don't know if this is happening to anybody else. I wanted so badly to just strike up a conversation with a perfect stranger. Just be like, hi. <laughs> what's your name <laughs> like I felt like the new kid on the playground oh my lord in other news though cha we are inaugurating a new president tomorrow yes lord I'm so happy about that oh I tried to tell people nobody would listen to me I'm like look I'm a New Yorker I've known Trump since I was a kid he's not worth a damn but some people just didn't listen. So, after four years of cleaning out our closets and getting rid of friends and having fights at Thanksgiving dinner and seeing these wild QAnonians trying to run up in the Capitol, it's, it's finally that, 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 that chapter is going to turn. And now we're going to move into this uh, post-racial America (laughs) 2.0 because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people like, yay, our work is done. And um, that's going to be a whole other debate. You know, there's a lot of people that, that seem to think that when Joe Biden becomes president, police brutality is going to end. You know, Karen's are going to go back to their caves, but we some most of us know better. Most of us know the deal. I want to tell you a story about the 2008 presidential inauguration. I was living in Virginia and it was the first time in decades that Virginia had gone blue. Virginia voted for our first black president. Barack Obama, smooth, wasn't he? Charming, Oh Lord, that man. I swear to you, he could talk a balloon out ball of all its air. Well, anyway, packed inauguration, streets was crazy, people was out celebrating some of us were looking at the TV and just crying man, just losing it then after the initial inauguration, right, he raises his hand, takes the job of the presidency and goes to celebrate, right, and he gets in the limo and the limo's going all slow and people are like, woo cheering and the American flags everywhere it's like, yay! And they kept doing close-ups of, I don't know why, but they, oh, I, you know why, I know why. They did close-ups of black women. And you just saw all these black women just, tears, you know, just, they looked like they were in pain. And, but it was just the disbelief that it actually came to fruition. Like we did it. Yeah, we did it, we got a black president. And it was, it was momentous, it was just momentous. Now mind you, Bobby Kennedy, 40 years earlier said, who knows, maybe in 40 years, there will be a black president. And 40 years later, I mean, 40 damn years later, presidential terms later here's Barack Obama so the limo is doing its little cruise right and then the limo stopped and when that limo stopped y'all I remember sitting with my friend Jason and his wife Dave Rochelle and we're watching TV and we're like what's going on why is the limo stopping and the back door opened to the limo. And Barack got out the car with his wife. Yo, I don't know about you, but my whole life came to a screeching halt. I heard the 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 record, I heard the needle script right on the record, like, Time stood still and I was afraid, I was petrified, I was a ball of anxiety and he walked down the street smiling and waving and so did Michelle. Michelle was just looking gorgeous as usual and they're waving at the crowds. And people, man, when he stepped out the car, people just started screaming. And I know, I know the security detail was screaming in their heads, like, oh shit, he got out the damn car. And I know they weren't prepared for it. And they all just started running and and getting ahead of him. And they were like, what the hell? You know, because they were up behind him. The limo could like take a nuclear blast. You know, they weren't worried. But when the car stopped and he got out the car you could tell by the look on security's face that that shit was not planned. And I just remember with every step with every wave I kept thinking about John Kennedy. I thought about every single racist body in this country. I thought about the billions upon billions of bullets in the United States. I thought about the millions of guns. I saw all those people and all those flags waving. And thought to myself, God please let that man get back in that car Barack please get back in the fucking car and when he got back in that car I finally started breathing again and there are some black people that think racism has gotten better you know black people can vote without being turned away by dogs or fire hoses or police beatings at least most of the time with the exception of north carolina black people can walk into a restaurant and eat they can get on a plane, they can get on a bus, they can sit anywhere they want. Hell, black people are sitting in first class on planes. There are black police officers. All kinds of black first responders, generals, you know, surgeons, and things have gotten better. Or has it? When Barack got out that car, We knew how racist the country still was. We knew intuitively. Any black person I've ever spoken to about the day and that moment when Barack and Michelle stepped out that car, it wasn't a joyous occasion for us. We were afraid. The same people who ran up in the Capitol building, that planted pipe bombs, that brought guns and Kevlar and zip ties. Those same people were alive in 2008. Those same people with all of that anger, they were there. And some of those people We'll be there tomorrow. And all I could think to myself right now is Kamala, please stay in the car. Just, just stay in. I know it's a momentous occasion. I know it's a once in a lifetime moment, but please, please, please Kamala, please stay in the car. We have to protect you Am I the only one that thinks that Joe Biden ain't gonna outlive two terms? <laughs> I'm like, Kamala, we're we gonna need you, girl, we're gonna need you. You need to stay in the car. We need to keep you alive. I am so I mean as 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 joyous and as celebratory and as you know festive as I feel about the end of the Trump era there is one more day I feel like I need to get through and that is Kamala Harris taking that walk with Joe Biden. I am so scared for Kamala. Security better do their job, man. Because they didn't do such a good job at the Capitol building, so excuse me for being cynical. But, um, (sighs) On another note It feels good I'm, I'm still kind of floating on Dr. King Day You know, I sat around reading a testament of hope The complete writings and speeches and essays Of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I thought about love It was just a mantra that went through my head The entire day Monday Just love, love, love And I read some essays and thought about some of the things he said and how he tried to tell us in the 1960s that socialism is the only way to go. He talked about how, and I didn't even know this, how just after World War II in 1945, the French had tried to colonize South Vietnam to prevent all of Vietnam from becoming a communist country and how the United States paid 80% of the cost of the French invading South Vietnam. And then the U.S. paid 100% of the cost. And I also didn't know that the French were trying to colonize South Vietnam for nine years, from 1945 to 1954. And the U.S. paid for it. And then when the French couldn't do it, the U.S. went in. All to keep those people from living in a communist country. And to some people, that sounds really heroic, but like, I don't know, maybe it's the black in me, but I feel like, you know, U.S., mind your business. Then people want to be communist, let them be communist. It's their country. Like, isn't that their right? King talked about the corrupt landlords and the peasants in the street and the children who are homeless and naked, running from bombs, running from bullets, selling their sisters into sex work, trafficking their own mothers so they could eat. King talked about the U.S. corporations that were trying to do business in South Vietnam, He talked about the many Vietnamese that would die just so they could kill one Viet Cong. He talked about the poisoning of the waters from the bombings and the destruction of crops and homes. He talked about the militarization and the materialism and capitalism. He even said, the days of capitalism are over. They no longer work. He said that in the 1960s, man. He tried to tell us. Love, love. You know, I try to think about what it it takes to be a loving person. And the first thing that comes to my mind is a decision. I can be loving to anyone when I decide to be. I don't mean polite, I don't mean nice, I mean loving. And that doesn't always look pretty. I mean, I really believe that Dr. King loved the United States. I believe he loved black people and I believe he loved God. With all of his flaws, I believe that Dr. King loved God and practiced love to the best of his ability. Perfectly flawed human being but he led with love as often as possible. And they shot him. I don't think they shot him because he was standing up for black people. I think they shot him because he started standing up for the poor, because he started standing up for labor unions, He stood up for the laborers in general. There's even, towards the end of his life, he wrote this essay about poverty and about having the audacity to believe that everyone should be able to have food in their bellies and a roof over their head in a country with so much. How could people have so little? And I remember he said that poor whites... We're not that much less oppressed than black people in the United States of America. And I thought to myself, that had to be the most loving statement I have ever heard. I mean, it's 2021 and there's no doubt in my mind that we live in a racist society. There are racist people all over. And there is a racist system that is still working. But I mean. A lot of the times I deal with covert racism. I mean this man dealt with. Overt racism. Beatings on camera in public. The cruelty. People spat on him. Went to jail over 20 times. Like. Just to get people to vote. Like, it wasn't like he was, you know, trying to break into stores. It wasn't like they were rioting. I mean, they were just marching and singing and dressed in their best and, you know, being presentable. You know, and he practiced respectability politics, and we all have our different views about that. But for him to take even an iota of a second and speak up for some of the same people that were spitting on him on his way to the podium, the same people that had physically put their hands on him and dragged him off of a lunch counter, the same people that wished him death on the daily basis, the same people that burnt down a church and killed four little girls, and there was Cain talking about white people who were trapped in poverty and couldn't feed their families and how wrong that was. He didn't just speak up for black labor unions. He spoke up for all labor unions. He wanted to see a better United States and they killed him for it. Kamala, please stay in the car. I mean, look, I'm a dreamer. At the end of the day, I see a big picture of what I want to see my country look like. But I don't think tomorrow's that day. I would love to watch Kamala just step out that car, smiling and waving and rejoice in the moment that we have our first black woman vice president ever ever in centuries of the establishment of this country when the news came out when i when i found out i don't it might have came out earlier than today but when i found out today that in this cabinet Is a trans person? That Bernie Sanders is on the budget committee in the Senate? What? Leading the budget committee? Are you kidding me right now? Deb Holland? An indigenous woman who's overseeing land rights? What? I found out today that he's going to cancel the pipeline. What? The Keystone Pipeline. I'm like, man, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. Like just that right there. Kamala, I remember during the debate, she was talking about police reform. I'm... I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see what they do with that. I don't have much hope for Palestinians. I know that both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, gave speeches at AIPAC. So that's going to be touch and go, and I know that's going to be the big fight for me over the next four years. I'm going to be talking a lot more about Palestine. And I know Mark Lamont Hill. Shout out to Mark Lamont Hill. He's got a new book coming out in February about Palestine. Y'all look him up, Mark Lamont Hill. His book is going to be amazing about Palestinian rights. I think I'm just. Now, I grew up in a really toxic house with a very, very violent mother who was bipolar, and I never knew what I was going to get. So I know what it's like to walk around feeling anxious. And y'all, I mean after the last just 3 months alone. I don't think I've I've allowed myself to really breathe freely. Especially since January 6th, man. I I've, I've been I've been a wreck. These people talking about they're going to be out tomorrow. They're going to be at all the state houses. And I, knowing that a lot of police officers are part of the white supremacist system, I'm nervous to say the least. In all honesty, I'm scared. And I just keep thinking love, love, love. You know, in my last moments, I want to be a loving human being. I want to make sure that the last thing I do while I'm dying is love someone else or myself or my life. I know I want love to be there. I want as much love to be there at my death as there was at my birth. My father filled with pride and crying. My mother admiring me. Like I want that kind of beauty for my last moments. I want to feel that tomorrow. I wanna meditate in the morning. First thing I do is just take five minutes in the morning to say this moment is all that matters. And in this moment, I choose love. I'm gonna forget about the broken glass at the Capitol. I'm gonna forget about all the red hats, you know, snaking their way up the stairs inside the Capitol building. This moment is all that matters, and all that matters is love in this moment. Most of me is aware that Kamala is gonna get out that car tomorrow. This moment is all that matters, and love is all that matters in this moment. And when Kamala is smiling, I hope that I sit back in my chair and breathe and trust and hope and not let all of this rage and these chills rob me of the joy of seeing our first black woman president take her walk her ceremonious walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. And I hope to rejoice with her. There's a reason why they call it terrorism. The fear, the anxiety, the tension, that's how they do it. All they have to do is one post on Twitter about what they're gonna do. And I could feel my back tighten up, you know. I could see all of the what-ifs just swimming around in my head like a school of fish. And I don't want to give that to them. I could die in my sleep tonight. And I am not going to let these people take Another minute of my life, concerning myself, whatever the hell they're doing. This is my country. This is my country. You know, I had the privilege of sitting down at a Q and A with Angela Davis, Dr. Angela Y. Davis. And I heard her tell her story and how, while she was teaching at UC Berkeley, upon leaving campus every day, security would have to come out and check under her car and inside her car for car bombs. And then she would get in her car and drive home. And she would check her car in the morning and then drive back to school. And she had that security walk her to her classrooms, walk her to offices. Then they check her car again for car bombs and she'd go home. And I remember crying when she told that story. And I raised my hand and I know I was shaking because I was I I don't know if it was sadness or rage, but I, I was I just couldn't stop shaking like my whole body was shaking and she said yes brother she has this very soothing voice and i said why have you stayed she said i'm sorry and i said stayed like here in the united states like she she was given offers to teach at the berlin school of philosophy she was offered Oh, my God, so many opportunities in Paris and Ghana. I mean, you could have went anywhere. Why the fuck would you stay in this wretched place is what I was thinking in my head. But I said, I mean, why would you stay here where people have been trying to put you in prison and you have to check your car for bombs? Like, how do you live? How do you continue on with your day? And I needed to know because... I was hoping she would give me something to soothe me. And she said, why would I leave here? This is my home. And I cried even harder. She said, people died to make this space for me. Every book I've read is because someone was willing to go to death so I could read it. Every time I walk into a classroom on a university campus, someone gave their life so I could do that. I owe them and I'm not going anywhere. Good night, y'all. Hey, y'all. Uh, your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that... Um, I have a lot of subscribers they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them so in order for me to get these ads I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers so you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 please feel free to pick 99 cents I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off you know what i'm saying so please just consider it if i could get a thousand subscribers i could get out of this poverty thing you know what i'm saying because yo the struggle is real y'all take care